You do it. This is how we Let's start. Be clear. This is how we start. Welcome, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, again to another episode of Shift Gets Real. This has been super duper fun. I'm really enjoying doing this. Yeah, the podcasts are definitely not um, something that I ever had in my peripheral. Take your time. Take your time. Peripheral. <laughs> um, but it's it's been enlightening. It's been yeah. good to kind of just talk about some of these things that are floating around our head, mm-hmm. whether they are areas that we've um, kind of found as passions or whether they are things that we just are still confused about, yeah. you know, and trying to figure out. Like, it's it's nice to be able to talk about it and then have, like, a group of people to kind of, you know, listen yeah, and been... chat with and give feedback. And, yeah, so thank y'all. Thank y'all for riding this wave with us. Yeah, it's been dope. It's been a, uh, it's been a, uh, it's been therapy. It's been a type of therapy. It really has. Speaking of, so we wanted to talk today about uh, something that's been kind of heavy on my heart, and you and I have talked about it um, in bravery and as we move throughout the day between children, yes, <laughs> screaming and all that good jazz. It's kind of like this dysfunction that has. Um, become very paramount between genders, right? It's like everything's a gender war. Um, the overgeneralization of men versus women and women versus men um, and the dysfunction that kind of uh, births and perpetuates, quite frankly, this this gender dissonance. So mm-hmm. I think we kind of wanted to talk about that today and how we've, how we've you know, started, you know, uh, those relationships with how we perceive different genders and, you know, how we've, gone you know have we you know managed that through time and then obviously where we are now yeah um i mean i think it starts at day one Mm -hmm. how you're kind of uh brought up you know to perceive your first introduction to gender gender roles and almost all the good jazz is your parents or your your caretaker whoever's taking care of you your Mm -hmm. community that you live in all of that Mm -hmm. and Unfortunately, if it is an unhealthy cycle, it just continues, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, I think it really starts with your parents. Mm-hmm. And something that's really big um, that I've kind of been studying for um, the past few years is um, what they call the mother wound, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or father issues. I don't know if there's a term for it the father wound daddy daddy issues daddy issues (laughs) but even so when i speak of the mother womb i specifically mean between you're saying mother wound mother wound like when you get hurt Mm -hmm. you are wounded Mm -hmm. the mother wound and that is specific to uh, mothers and their daughters Mm. um we also know that mommy and daddy issues sometimes that means actually your dad Mm -hmm. and his daughter or the mother and her son, right. but I'm speaking about who you identify with, you know, right. on the gender side. So, right. um, that is something that's real and something that a lot of people struggle with, but they don't even know that it's a thing. Right. And it is this carrying of the burdens of your mother. Mm-hmm. You know, all right. the things that 
she experienced growing up as a, a young woman and all the ways that she interacted with her mother are then passed down to her child, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and as daughters feeling the pressure of um, either identifying with those issues, even if you've not experienced them mm-hmm. or carrying those burdens for her. You know. So, because I want to make sure I'm extracting what you're saying, right? So, is this is this kind of analogous to why like some um, mothers and daughters are jealous of each other, or why they may compete? It, it could be that. Okay. But right. it could also be why daughters and mothers are best friends, mm-hmm. and why they are sometimes not able to have a mother daughter relationship because they're trying to they're both growing up together yeah literally yeah so mm-hmm. it 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 takes different many different shapes mm-hmm. um but the point of it is that the daughter ends up the voice of her mother all of the um the underdeveloped aspects becomes her psyche her, her voice, yeah her voice the way she <laughs> sees the world even though she's not experienced these things yet <laughs> or her first experience is remembering what her mother said you know sometimes that could be a positive thing but because we're talking about the mother wound we're more so talking about the aspects that are not um positive and that have not been addressed and sometimes we don't even know that they exist Mm -hmm. right and then we're wondering why we're in relationships and struggling or why we perceive men in a certain way or why we perceive you know life in a certain way and it's because we're carrying those burdens of our our mothers and it's we're all doing the best we can. As a mother, I'm doing the best that I can. But I know there are things that I could be doing better. Mm-hmm. And I try to show up when I see myself, you know, uh, falling off. Because mm-hmm. I don't want those things, the way I look at, you know, the world to become my daughter's, you know, mind. Right. So. And so what, do you have any, you know, mother wounds then between you and your mom? Oh, I'm sure I um, have had many, mm-hmm. you know. But you don't really start realizing them until you are older. Until you're in the role of a mother. Well, sometimes before that, Mm. before I was a mom, um, I would, even the way I would interact with my own mother, I would tiptoe around things because I knew what her triggers were and Mm. I didn't really feel like I had a voice Mm -hmm. to say them without disrespecting her. You know, even though that wasn't my intention. It was like, you know. You just, you kind of, I don't want to say you cower, but you kind of like, you you respect your mom. So there's like, you want to tell your truth, but mm-hmm. you also don't want to offend or hurt your mom, even though it's not even her thing. Right. But you just know how she would respond to it, sure. you know. Um, and, or, and this is not my experience, thankfully, um, I've interacted with a lot of women who, you know, feel like their their mothers were abusive to them emotionally, you know, and talked down to them. Um, and, you know, well, that's why you can't get a man or that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is that they see mm-hmm. as or whatever it is that their experience is their issue, they then put on their daughters, mm-hmm. you know. And that's tough right. because you identify with your mom, right. you know. Um, or you want to identify or be able to identify with your mom, but we're not teaching our children to be our daughters um, or sons, if you're a father, um, to be their own woman mm-hmm. or their own man, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so 
that's just kind of a brief. So then for you, though, so again, just more specific to you, though, what is like what's an example of a mother wound that you have with, between your mother and then how have you processed through that? Yeah, I would say using my voice. Mm-hmm. I, my mom um, in many ways is old school and. My mom, in many ways, is old school, and, um, you know, I'm sure she was raised as, you know, you speak when you're spoken to, you don't share private, (laughs) yes, it's disrespectful Mm -hmm. if you're chiming in and, or this is grown folks' business, (laughs) or this is family business, so don't be telling everybody our business, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. That kind of, I carry that as, if I do these things, I'm disrespecting my mom. Mm -hmm. So I didn't talk a whole lot. Um, I I became, and maybe part of it was already innate, me being a processor, Mm -hmm. but I became even more internal with my conflicts or my thoughts and things because I didn't want to say anything, Mm -hmm. you know, to to trigger my mom or make make her feel like I was being disrespectful. Let's just say that. Um, So as I got grown and started feeling myself, um, I started kind of rebelling against that. And so my mom and I had some pretty strong conversations, to say the least, mm-hmm. conversations I would never have imagined having with her. Mm-hmm. But it was because of all that stuck. Yeah. You know, the times that I didn't say what I wanted to say right. or didn't have the tools to, okay, if you don't get in grown folks' business, how do you convey when you have a grown folk thought? Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. well, who do I go to? <clears throat> right. You know? So um, I'm thankful that my mother and I have far more um, meaningful conversations now and that I'm not so much just the daughter that needs to stay in her place. Like mm-hmm. we have balanced conversations and I can still respect her as a mom and she can still respect me as a daughter, but also right. as a woman, right. you know, um, and I can respect her as a mother and not just put her or as a woman rather mm-hmm. and not just put her in the mother box right. all the time. You know. Do you think that because your parents divorced when you were young, obviously, mm-hmm. um, do you do you think the absence of your father played into that? Like would a masculine presence or male presence, would that have um, offered a balance that may have been missing? Um, would it have exasperated it? Would it have just throttled it? I mean, it gave me a sense of what, what role your dad did play or his absence played in the outcome of you and your mother. Yeah. Um, well, my parents, um, their divorce wasn't like. A friendly, amicable it wasn't dissolution. Like, hey, this isn't working. I wish you the best. Nah. It wasn't that. No. <laughs> nah, not even close. You know, and I love both my parents. And I actually, ironically, thought I would have a choice mm. if I ever had to experience divorce. I wasn't going to choose between my parents. I was mm. just going to go live with my grandmother because mm. I'm like, I love both my parents, and I get to make that choice. It's not how it played out. <laughs> That's not how it works. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Mm. I and not that I didn't want to live with my mom, but mm. that just was. The natural flow of things Um, but you know my mom wasn't really feeling my dad and so and my dad wasn't feeling my mom and so you know as a child and as the eldest I became the messenger Mm. Um, that's a heavy burden man it's a very heavy heavy burden mediator between parents and it wasn't that my dad was absent because well he was absent by virtue of not being present in the physical space Mm -hmm. but we talked to my dad Every day. Sure. You know. So he wasn't we, ghost. No. We okay. spent summers with him, mm-hmm. holidays with him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the majority of the um, time I was with my mom, mm-hmm. but we also spent a significant time with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder if, you know, if he was present 
whether I would have talked to him about the things I maybe didn't talk to my mom about. Mm -hmm. But even the time that I spent with my dad, I don't really think that I told him anything that I didn't tell mom. I think there may have been one time that I went to him, um, and it was because I felt like I needed some uh, financial support (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, that I knew my mom was going to say no. So I went to him for that, but I didn't necessarily tell him what I needed. I just mm-hmm. said, hey, dad, you know, I need some money. Yeah. And um, so I don't know that it, it could have certainly changed. It could have certainly brought a, a, a energy into the home. But if he had any imbalance in his life, mm-hmm. then I like to believe that, that it's not that it would have balanced. It just would have added to the imbalance. So right, right. maybe it was better. I don't really know. Right. Um, what if anything? <laughs> what if anything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What is your experience with you know the father wound? Yeah, um, you're right. I don't know what you call it. Daddy issues. Yeah, I got daddy <laughs> issues. Um, I, I I think it's it's very pervasive, um, and I think it goes back to a um, much deeper societal dysfunction, which is this um, dynamic definition of masculinity mm-hmm. and, as a subset of patriarchy. Right. So. Um, when I think about like my father, my father is a man's man. He's like the Cubano black John Wayne. Like he'll ride a horse. He know I used to ride a horse. He was in the war. He was he can fix cars. He used to race cars. He fought. Yeah. I mean, he's all a the man. things you describe as this masculine. is a man. This is yeah. a man, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's six one, bron- You know that's he's a man. Mm-hmm. There's no mistake about it. Um, but on the other side of that, he never, I ain't never heard my father ever use the word, I'm sorry, mm. or I apologize, ever, even though he was dead ass wrong. You know what I mean? I've never heard him say that. Um, my father was an extremely, I said this in previous episode, episodes, he's an extremely hard man. And um, as when you're growing up as a boy, um, you know, you're told, stop crying, don't cry. You know, there's this, this, these things that you need to kind of express your frustration. You're not allowed to do because yes. if you do, they represent some form of weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a pussy. <laughs> you know Which I mean? is toxic masculinity. Absolutely. Yes. But but that's that's what men and And what happens is that both men and women start subscribing to that definition, mm-hmm. right? Because let a man, and I'm speaking, again, we're going to speak in um, general, generalities here, right? But let a man cry in front of a woman for the most part, he's a pussy. You know, I knew when I grew up, you, if, you, if a dude cried in high school, it was an epic fail. Even the use of the word pussy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Within itself, right? To describe a feeling of feminine, or, you know. Or just like being you're, sad. So now, so now because you're a guy and you're sad. That's now, feminine. That's feminine, right? You're using a... a, a Part of the a female body yes. to describe it, right? So yeah. it's it's oxymoronic within that its own definition. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, let let a boy be sad in school, and in high school, and see what happens. Do you think his brethren, his peers in a tenth grade, are gonna go, "Hey, dude, it's gonna be alright. We're gonna be cool." Do you think girls are gonna go up to him and say, "Oh, you okay? Are you kidding me? Are you flipping kidding me?" Now maybe now there might be a little bit of that, but I don't know. Is this? It's, yeah, it's, I think more people are are waking up to the the discovery of the way that we've been interacting between the genders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and also intra-gender, right. how women treat women and men yeah. treat men, is toxic. It's all toxic. It's toxic. You know? it's, it's, like, it's, like we, it's like we constantly troll each other. We are know? waking up to that. 
it's interesting that it, or it's coming into our awareness that we need to do something about it. I don't mm-hmm. think we necessarily have the answers. I think we're trying yeah. um, to solve these problems. I've seen a lot more sister circles and um, male bonding Thingies. things, <laughs> um, brother circles, yeah. you know, coming into play. Um, but, you know, it's still kind of a thing that unless everybody is checking in, unless everybody's checking themselves, unless everybody is seeing it as an issue, right. you're still well, going to have that imbalance. And it starts with self, right? So, you know, I, you know me, I always, my mantra is own your shit, like own your shit. You can't start a conversation about how somebody else did something if you're not going to own your shit first. That, I mean, I, I can't even comprehend entertaining a conversation with people that profess to point the finger without saying first, Here's how I contributed to where we are today. Yeah. You can't fucking start there. This conversation's dead. Call me back when you can sort that out. Yeah. So I think intra-gender men have to hold men accountable. Yeah. You know, and we because men are we're we're egotistical and we're we're expressing this kind of toxic masculine definition. I'm gonna take that shit and fuck you and that's why you weak anyway. It's all this, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and on the flip side, then you have with women, you know, it's always like, well, I'm independent. I don't need a man. Right. Um, I don't hang, I don't, I don't have female friends. You right. know, I don't mess with chicks. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, it, there's a lot of these messages that we've been sending to ourselves and each other mm-hmm. and our children over the generations that have put us in this position. Some of it is as a result of patriarchy though. Absolutely. Some of it is like, or maybe even a lot of it, Mm -hmm. is like, well, because women didn't have equal station to men, Mm -hmm. then we need to harden up and show them that we can do, Well, listen, I mean, just because I want to, this is great, right? I mean, you know, when, especially during wartime, all the men were gone. Mm-hmm. And this is, by the way, this has been the mantra through all of time. When there's a war, women and children stay behind and the men go get killed, right? And so <clears throat> what happens is the that men go fight. they go fight or the majority of them get killed though. I mean, literally, right? And this is why there would, there'd be a, a melding of tribes and, and so on, right? But um, a lot of the the animated the the masculine part of a woman would have to become animated now because the men were not available mm-hmm. right your husband your brother your cousin went to war he did not return or he didn't return whole or he, he either whole and in physical or mental and now you're by yourself yeah and so now you have to and by the way you add in all these other la- layers of political movements that have happened and in particular to the brown and black cultures um, here in the united states and it's been an epic fail but just back to my my, my parents. Um, so my father, um, you know, had this skewed definition of masculinity that I obviously uh, adopted. Some parts of it I, I find are beneficial, which is like own your shit. Um, don't depend on anyone, you know, figure it out. You man up, if you will. Um, I think those are those are good. Walk curbside to a woman, open her door, protect her, um, cut grass, shovel shit, do what it takes to take care of your family. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. But the other part where my father didn't know how to communicate, when my dad got mad, he would, if he hit his head on the counter or hit his head on the, the, the you know, the door in the kitchen, he would rip the counter off the wall. He would just literally just tear the cabinet off the wall. Like, <laughs> and so intense. it's intense. And, and I can only, as you shared, like I only, I just now as a man understand why my father responded that way. You know what I mean? I, we all can sit there and say, well, my dad didn't know how to talk and all this good jazz, which he didn't. He was communicating the best he could. And that's what he did when he got upset. And as a child, you look at that and you're like, okay, so I guess when you get mad, you like, you go punch it. You know what I mean? And 
then you find out that you can't do that, right? And so again, for boys, it's it's this it's this very weird um, way to be raised. And then my mother, you know, she was, um, you know, what I adopted from her. I don't know. The majority of of how I perceived men and women was kind of came from my dad. I think um, my mom was there. She was a very strong presence, but my dad just uh, it was very it was very bravado uh, presence. Yeah. Um, some of the things I saw, though, through that were pervasive, I think, um, were my mom, um, because she's very strong as well. Uh, my mom and dad had a dysfunction. It's, they had that black struggle love. We've been married forever, but I don't like you, but we're going to stay married because we've been married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, my parents didn't have the struggle. Uh, they had the struggle. Mm-hmm. They let the love go. Yeah. You know, and so. Love ain't enough, though. Love is not it's enough. It's not enough. Man. And one thing that I can, you know, one, to your point, our parents are doing the best that they can, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't always enough. Mm-hmm. You can always do better. But it's not our position to judge them. They do the best that they can when they can. Right, absolutely. They, you know? absolutely. Um, so I appreciate my parents, you know, being able to call it quits, mm-hmm. you know, when they saw that it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, they did try for a long time, and that much I did see. And I think... That is the part, like, I try to take the parts that are positive mm-hmm. in my mind yeah. and apply that, you know, yeah. um, to my life, my relationships. Um, but I do the best with identifying the parts that I cannot carry and don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, own. And I think that is the part that takes the true work. Yeah. Because a lot of people are not aware of the parts that they're taking from their parents. They're not aware. And further, you know, again, because everyone wants to be a victim, everyone's um, no one wants to be accountable. Again, it's easy just to point at the other gender. So what happens to your point is as we move through time. And so now you and I are adolescents and we become young adults and then full adults. I don't know. Are we full adults yet? <laughs> Still, we are officially full adults. <laughs> okay, um, but as you as you as you federate through time, um, you, this dysfunction you carry forward, and it becomes synonymous with the opposite with the opposite sex, right? Mm-hmm. And so now it's all men, and we do this thing. We're like, man, women ain't shit. Men ain't shit. But instead of looking at the choices you're making in the people that you interact with, because can't nobody again, no one's got a leash around your neck or a gun to your head, yeah. saying date me, yeah. or you're gonna be with me. Um, but you date the same four or five people that share a similar personality trait or template, and then you get mad, and now you overgeneralize this as everyone with a penis acts this way, or everyone with a vagina acts that way, yeah. or if you wear this clothes or wear have that brand or have this kind of economy, you act that kind of way. Yeah. And though statistically there may be some similarity, it's still an abstraction of your your reflection. Yeah, I mean, if you're not aware of your shadows, if you're not aware of the things that you know you attract in your life and why you attract them or the beliefs that you hold about yourself, then yeah, you can't really do anything to change it. You can't, you know, or you, you just don't, you keep, Moving the well, same way. Because you justify. I mean, you yeah. justify, right? We all justify our own behavior because we all think we're doing. Or like, you know, I like bad boys, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm going to keep dating them. And they're the same ones that treat you like, like shit. shit or don't have time for you because the bad boys are hustling mm-hmm. and you screaming about not having time. And it's like, become aware of mm-hmm. those things and don't just make excuses. One thing I cannot stand hearing is, well, my mother raised me. My mom did this to me. So. I'm doing it to my kids, and therefore I turned out fine. Right. You know, You're look at me fine. now. It's like that's not an excuse to 
perpetuate toxic behavior. That's not even a good baseline. Again. <laughs> and you turning out fine, well, that just means you accept how you are, which right. is great. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's that it should be yeah. <laughs> what everybody, your children in particular, right. you know, should be living up to. Like, we should always be striving to improve, not, you know, have our children be just as good as we are. Right. Like, we want our children to be better Man, than we are. The, the upgrade, right? Upgrade, the upgrade. And so here we are in, in, in these current times where the dysfunctional, the net of a dysfunctional relationship births. Um, children being tokenized, right? So now, I mean, I was reading an article. Um, there's a celebrity couple um, having a uh, custody battle right now, and the relationship dissolved for whatever it dissolved for. Yeah. Um, but the children now become this punitive thing. Yeah. You know, the, the the man is asking for joint custody. She wants full custody. Now, from my understanding, of course, there's all of us from the outside. There was no like. There was no, um, you know, physical altercation. It's just this is not working, whatever happened. But it doesn't mean that he can't be a good father. And so we do this thing where we can't bifurcate and separate the dimensions of a person. Yeah. There's three dimensions of every man, three dimensions of every woman. As a man, you're a man, a husband, and a father. You can be a shitty husband but a great father. Like, that. Yeah. you can do that. You can be, like, the best play dad, but, like, you suck as a husband. You know what I mean? You can be a, a decent man and suck at the other two. Like you don't have the patience to be a father. You can't, you know, you don't you don't communicate well, but you're a decent man. Yeah. Right? That's okay. And so we don't we're so elementary when it comes to even understanding the human persona. Like we can't even separate that. And so when we get hurt, you know, they say hurt people hurt yeah. people. And so here we are. You're salty because your relationship didn't work out. And somehow you're gonna pe- penalize your mouth your your spouse by taking the children. Well, I, I have seen it more it, initially um, growing up, you know, with a single mom, mm-hmm. you know, in our household. Um, it was more common then mm-hmm. that the women would have the children. Right. You know, that just it was not a question. Right. The men were working. The women were working, too, but it didn't matter because she was a mom. So she needed to take the kids. Right. Lately, within the last 10 years, I'd say, mm-hmm. I have had several friends whose um, who have children, mm-hmm. and the father of that child has taken the children, yeah, or has gone to court to take the children, right. and it's not anything other than the ego, right? And I was like, wow, like this is starting to happen as an epidemic, and it was maybe getting back again, trying to find that balance. It's the balance, yeah. Men being so upset that it's always the women that's taking the kids, and mm-hmm. you ain't shit, and you can't see your kids or whatever. Right. These men are like, I've had it, I've seen it, and I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm taking these kids, and or they don't like the the woman, right? And it's, a, it's a punitive measure. So, but and it's it's a it's so crazy. It's far and few between where it's like actually you're probably a shitty mother or a shitty father. I should have custody. It's less that conversation, more well, I can't stand your ass. And neither one of them, they both need to get their stuff together. Quite frankly, <laughs> right, right. grandma, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. No, grandmas have always stepped in, day, and yes, but like if we just get ourselves together, if we could just look to your point earlier, look mm-hmm. at ourselves first, and mm-hmm. start identifying the parts that are not healthy. Yeah. You know. It's it's a hard it's hard to do that because it takes a um it takes you to own your shit and you know there's this thing that I've I've been studying and I've spoken to this before um and I should coin this term I think you think the trade market like you I'm heard it here you heard first. it here first it's a term that I've come up with called susbins sunsbins so it's like husband but sunsbins and what I found because a lot of my my friends when I was growing up 
had single mothers, um, the son was literally the husband. He he served every function in his mother's relate the relationship he had with his mother, aside yeah. from obviously having sex. He protected her. He 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 worked. Um, they bickered about you know food and laundry. She never liked his girlfriends. He never liked her boyfriends. It's it's it is literally the black struggle of it is that struggle dysfunctional relationship sans the intimacy and it's this thing where the mother i i observed the mothers of my friends were raising the sons to be the husband that they couldn't have yeah right and so the way they even talk to their son uh well you like to your point like you ain't do shit why you ain't where's why you ain't paid this bill like that why do you that's your son your son your son right he's not your husband he's not your man but the burden, kind of like you spoke to earlier, the burden of responsibility for that boy yeah. to now fulfill this thing of a man, you know, yeah, I get it. Seven years old, he can take the trash out, but at seven years old, he needs to protect, to, you know, I, because because you don't have a man? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know? I don't really know um, what the thought process is. Obviously, I don't think it's conscious, right? Mm-hmm. I think people are just moving through their pain without addressing it and then passing it on. And that's basically what the mother wound is, the father wound, the son's been, (laughs) you know, all of these things. And the the general point is that we got to check ourselves. You know, we got to check in with these aspects of ourselves, the expectations that we have, the game plan, Mm -hmm. you know, that we do in relationships. Um, and just be real, raw, and honest and decide, make a conscious decision how we want to be in relationships, how we yeah. want to show up. But we don't even know how. I don't think we even know how to make that decision. And I think was, that's true. And, go ahead. How, like, because I'm thinking about all of my previous relationships mm-hmm. before you mm-hmm. literally sucked. <laughs> there may have been one positive experience and even then i was probably way too young to even like be thinking Mm -hmm. about it in Mm -hmm. that term Mm -hmm. um but the way i related to men like yeah it's 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 embarrassing quite frankly it's like i had boyfriends who you like you like them dope boys no, well, I did have one boyfriend like that. Mm-hmm. I will say I had a bunch of different types of boyfriends. Okay, <laughs> they were not all the same person whatsoever. And I think it's because once I figured out the one and what I didn't like, I stayed away from that. Mm-hmm. But there was so much stuff that, like we're saying, we're working through so many different types. My head thing keeps falling off. <laughs> so many different types of um, toxic. Uh, relating mm-hmm. that I was experiencing. So there was the the one that was like the emotional abuser. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the one that just wanted the token. Uh, oh, the pretty chick. The pretty chick, mm-hmm. and you know, you was the pretty chick, boo. I, I, no, I wasn't. He wanted me to be, oh. and so everything that I would do naturally, he's like, okay, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. You need to wear your hair like this. You need to dress like this. You need to do that, and you know, or the emotional abuser. When I wouldn't do what he wanted me to do, mm-hmm. he was trying to pick at me and break me, you know, yeah, down yeah. instead of accepting, you know, where I was and who I was. And it would just, ugh. Then there was the um, the the jock, you know, and never had time, never, you know, always was surrounded by other, you know, mm-hmm. women and um, 
uh, I dated a church boy. I, did, I mean, I just did. I just had so many different types of people. But after that experience, um, I also found myself wanting to be in relationships longer, try, trying to make them work, mm-hmm. even though I should have been exactly. shutting them down yeah. sooner. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the men, the young men, boys that I was dating also um, had issues with, you know, me being around other men. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then I would kind of cower in that, in the presence of men, because I'm like, don't look at me because he's going to get mad. Don't even like, you know, yeah. or the men who I wasn't even dating, but I would see out who would try to holler and you'd be like, See, you this is good. the problem, but because you're so beautiful, don't nobody know how to act. Whatever, around you. it's this not. Is, no, <laughs> that's not what it is. It's just that disrespectful. <laughs> we'll get called, you know, a bitch because you ain't I'm right. not interested, right. you know. And so then I kind of just, I didn't really like men. Yeah, you know, yeah. that was kind of my thing. I was like, none of this is. Yeah. Cool. Like I'm, I'm good. You know what's funny about that is I have. Because of the way my father raised me, I didn't have an issue with women per se. I had an issue actually with men. So it was intra-gender war for me. Mm. Um, uh, because of the way my father raised me about like owning your shit, taking care of your business. Like I, the men, the, the, my parts of my definition of manhood are completely deviated from in current state with how these men, you know, move, maneuver. Yeah. So there are plenty of men out here that are men's men and they out here in the streets doing their thing, but they don't take care of their kids. So how do you have $5,000 rims on your car? How do you have a $1,200 a month car payment? How are you in the club throwing ones? How are you doing any of this and you are behind on child support? Like, I can't, that makes my helmet hurt. I can't fuck with you. Like, I don't understand how um, I'm supposed to be your friend, but your own DNA is not being supported. And I get it. You hate your baby mama. You yeah. can't stand her ass. All, all that's good. What does it have to do with the child? Yeah. I'm sorry. What does that have to do with the child? You didn't pull out. So here you are. Oh, you didn't wear protection. <laughs> and or you guys thought it was a great idea when you're inside the relationship and now it's devolved. Handle your business. Yeah. And so I have a problem, you know what I mean, um, keeping men in the circle or, or relating to men when they don't handle those responsibilities. And obviously the, a lot of men specifically young men we have children younger you know what i mean i didn't obviously we didn't have i didn't have any children until i met you we had our child together and i was 32 yeah you know when we had our first baby but all my friends i mean i have friends right now that have 22 year old children yeah it's crazy to me you know what i mean so they had them very young and so the other part of it is i get it again they were growing up with their child yeah it was like a child sibling type of deal right yeah um but anyway, that was my issue with men. And so I do not have, even to this day, a lot of male friends because they just be on some, to me, and I'm overgeneralizing bullshit. And me too. Like, we have men, we don't understand our power. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We will, you know, man sperm. You know, so in fighting, in any sport, uh, fighting, soccer game, anything that requires a lot of physical effort, your coach will always tell you, specifically in men's sports, do not... Uh, masturbate, don't jack off, and don't have sex for at least a week before this game, because they want that buildup of testosterone in the body. Like that, it is your it is your man juice, it is your serum, it is your it's which your, is also a very es- uh, esoteric and it is. sexual holistic sexual approach. It's all of that, and yes. even like at wartime, like you know when they were throwing spears and, and shooting arrows and all that, like it was you you like you you kept all that that vigor inside of you. Um, but we will. Um, you know, jack off 
at a point or, or jack off on a you know watching a porn or we will chase after ass all day not keeping that power and we will literally give it away to a woman that is not qualified to be with you that you may not be qualified to be with either uh, that doesn't give a shit about you doesn't care about your dreams like this yeah. is what we do and I've, I've done it right and then it doesn't change until we can own that that we do that as men our relationship with women is always going to be salty so you gave your juice you gave your man nectar up for a three minute seven minute i know two hour sexual fantasy <laughs> right you you gave her the mandingo but for what and y'all ain't even building anything it took me a long time to figure that out because, again, my dad didn't give me that toolkit. Yeah. So I had to figure that shit out, banging my head and having multiple serial failed ass, miserable ass, yeah. struggle ass And I'm sure it was the same for me relating to men. You know, my dad, though he was in my life, was not present to mm -hmm. check in on who I was relating with. Right. My mom didn't even believe that I should be having a boyfriend to begin with. Because that's going to fix it. <laughs> so I couldn't talk to her, you know, mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so whatever choices that I, were, I was making was based on where I was, right. obviously, right. Um, and how I perceived relationships. Right. Um, and, you know, I came, my the way that I perceived them was just quite simply just having a boyfriend you yeah. know and a placeholder and you know trying to figure do i do what they say I, I will actually i'll say this what taught me to be a girlfriend or a partner or a spouse was actually r&b music mm. that's where i learned because i listened to what men wanted mm -hmm. in the music mm -hmm. right and i listened to what women wanted in i just want to give a shout out to jagged edge and tank uh tyrese thank you appreciate you <laughs> yes actually uh what is it um what's the group that sings butter love oh uh damn you know i got i, I know to look we gotta look, look it up now, now. Yeah, look it up. that <laughs> is probably number one in my uh relationship education um, they just they just taught me so much. But anyway, that that's kind of how I learned what I was going to accept. Oh, by next. 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 The group next. Good shout out to next. Appreciate you. Next. Yes. <laughs> they taught me so much. Um, and so that is where I began to get my strength from. That's mm -hmm. where I began to pull. Okay. Because I didn't really have my parents as an example. I did have my grandparents as an example. They were, like, pristine. But sure. nobody in the world was like my grandfather. Of course. So, you know, I really couldn't use that. I just knew that they were goals. That's so interesting. You know, but I needed I needed the the tools to, to develop, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. in the relationship. And so that is when, like, my final straw with my ex before you... Mm -hmm. um, I made a whole lot of changes, mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I had set some boundaries. I knew exactly what I was looking for. Um, I made the intention and the list of the things that I wanted in a, a, a human yeah. and a partner and a spouse and a husband. And then you showed up, <laughs> you know, so I passed my R&B, yeah. you know, education with flying colors. You but did. that that was what I, I had to do because there really wasn't that example, yeah. you know, around. And I still don't even know. I mean, I guess it worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when we sing, when we write books, when we talk about the things that we want, mm -hmm. it's so clear. Mm -hmm. um, but in hindsight, I was just a fish out of water flailing around hoping that I was. We all were. And it's funny you mentioned the R&B music because on the, on the male side, R&B music, it's, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, every song was... I can fuck her better than, than he can. 
Well, yeah, see, I, mean, I guess see. so. I let me disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I was a wholesome kid. Oh, okay. My Cause mother, because Butter Love was an appropriate song. It was. If you listen to Butter Love, okay, all right. It is a very beautiful <laughs> song. It really is. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of inappropriate stuff out there, but I knew how to. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, had to discern. I wasn't getting. I mean. The most that I got from even the person I'm not even going to name, but you're going to know who I'm talking about, was mm. I Believe I Can Fly. Right. That was the extent of my listening yeah. to him because the there was the a rules. lot of other inappropriate <laughs> stuff in there for my age, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I was discerning. But then there, there was stuff like I think about Usher's song, um, uh, Confessions. Yeah. That was the first time you ever heard a song with somebody Telling the truth, yeah, being vulnerable, and again, this is this goes back yes. to, you know, the challenges with. So, you know, just to kind of um, extend on the R and B song, most R and B songs that I was listening to were men competing. I mean, we were shitting on each other about women. Like, yeah. there's 10 billion women out here, and it was like, I got more money than him. Fuck him. I can beat his ass, and I got, you know, I'm just like, wow. And and I'm I'm just like, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. I'm a winner. Right. So I'm going to take a chick. Yeah. I'm going to get that money. And this is this is literally like my Bible. Yeah. And so I'm now with my dad's skewed definition. I got, you know, R&B. I got all this music in my head. Yeah. And here I'm out here. Now, and I have these my other issues like with um, confidence and I'm using sex as a way to, uh, you know, you know, bolster my kind of all this shit. Add yeah. all that in. And I have, again, a series of just epically failed relationships. Yeah. Um Obviously, all very important for for lessons. for uh, lessons, right? To get yeah. me and us to, and uh, hopefully the people that have um, passed, um, you know, crossed paths with me, yeah. get them to where they need to be as well. And a lot of the people that, I, that my exes are married now, they're happily married. So yeah. our relationship was necessary because it made them better. It made yeah. them steer away from someone like me. It, they yeah. they took. I mean, whatever it was, yeah. it was. If we didn't have that relationship, then we. If you didn't have your ex, or I haven't had my ex. We would not be where we are. I think as long as you're refining, I think that's the important as long, part. As long you as you, yes, as long as you're taking away the lessons and not holding on to the resentment. The hurt. Don't take the hurt. Take the lessons. Don't take the hurt. Yes. And I hope that all my ex-girlfriends have way better men that are more compatible uh, to them than me. I mean, that's that's. I'm happy for that. Like, yeah. this is that's the growth, right? That is the growth and being able to understand, like, yo, you know, they might be a great person, y'all just ain't great together. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, you but know, you know, people love to watch dysfunction. Of course, you know, they, they want love, the train wreck. Oh yeah, they that's love why they that. Tune into our show. That, that's exactly <laughs> why they tune into our show. Right. They love to see when we fail, mm -hmm. but people don't like to see when you are applying the lessons. They don't like mm -hmm. to see when you're doing better. And a lot of that is because they don't know how to apply that in their own lives. It's right. like when there's a failure, you got to be hurt, mad, you got to throw stuff, and you got to fight. There, and stay there, too. Yes. Where does a badge, Yes, right? that, I mean... I love my mom, but she struggled with mm. the divorce with my dad. Mm. And I think it's okay when you're hurting to to sit with that pain because mm. you got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But then at some point you got to let it go. Yeah. It took her a very long time to let it go. Multi and she process. paid for that though yeah. with her own health and the stress that came with that. And she also paid for it with um, the, the, not having and sustaining relationships because mm -hmm. Her expectations were just, I mean, she was crushed. Yeah, yeah. You know, she put so much faith in that relationship, which I can, you know, I can understand that. But at some point, we got to be like, all right, 
what did I learn from this? What did we learn? And and for me, my relationships, you know, like you said, your relationships got better when, you know, you made your list and you started kind of making tweaks and changes and yeah. what you needed and wanted. For me, my relationships got better um, when I stopped blaming. Mm-hmm. I can remember explicitly like my last dysfunctional relationship. And it was it was when I was just out of high school. Yeah. But it was I mean, I look at that shit now. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. Like it was some Jerry Springer shit. We were screaming and cussing. Like I'm mm. not. I'm like, what? Like you know what I mean? It yeah. was like completely not where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, but the moment I stopped blaming women for what I was doing or how I felt, everything changed. It was literally add water and stir because everybody, you made me mad. You pissed me off. No, yeah. can't nobody make you nothing. Yeah. Your emotions are your choice. Yeah. Right. If you're a comedian. And you're telling a joke and there's 100 people in the room. 50 people will laugh and 50 people will be offended. Yeah. It's the same joke. There's a choice in how they metabolize what they're hearing. Yeah, That's the same thing in relationships. You have a choice to metabolize and further respond to that stimuli. Yeah. We default to, well, we, we actually give up our power yeah. by saying you made me. You're giving someone autonomous control over your emotional state and your body by saying, well, you made me mad and you do this and you drive me nuts. Then listen, yeah. if that's what it is, then then either work together to reconcile it or bounce. It's yeah. literally that simple. Yeah. But again, because of our our you know shitty teachings, our dysfunction and these lessons that we sometimes don't learn through, like yeah. we stay in these these crazily like recessive relationships. Yeah. And, and then quite frankly, the relationship is really with self first. That doesn't mean and I want to be careful because there's this other thing that's happening where it's like I'm going to do me. It's all about me, and then you become an asshole or a bitch to everybody else. So, like, don't do not do that either. I mean, yeah. it's, so it's like there's a fine line, guys, where you can still work on self and not, like, stiff arm everyone else to the yeah. point where you're, where you're repulsive to every yeah. other gender. But if you have to be in a space and time where you are by yourself and you have to stiff arm, do that. But then also see what that is going to get you. Right. When, whatever you do, assess. Right. Whatever you do, reflect on it. Whatever you do... Look at it and see if it's adding value to your life. And if it's not, then don't do it. And I think that's the biggest thing. People feel like they have to keep doing the same thing over because it was done to them, because that's all they know. And it's like, well, go know something else. Go Go learn something else. Go know something else. Read a book. Go (laughs) observe a, a very healthy relationship. Go watch, you know, a movie with the, the type of love that you want to be able to attract. Like, put that stuff in your um, uh, your cipher. Mm-hmm. Put that stuff in your in your present so that you can learn and grow right. with that. Some of the things that got you there won't keep you there. And yeah. there's, a, there's a book and a saying that uh, kind of underscores that. And so also remember that if you are doing you and you're healing and you're, you're getting yourself better, that's dope. But remember, there's a part of you that is great to getting you to the point where you finally meet that perfect, um, perfect, right, in the context of what's good for you, yeah. um, mate or spouse. But there's a, a other part of you, though, that is no longer necessary. It won't yeah. be sustainable going forward. And so the version of the man I was before I met you and as you, the woman, that was great when we got together. But there's parts that we had to trim off when yeah. we became, you know, a family. When we attract our, our wife, there'll be other another revision, if you will, of self and us as a couple that will have to be trimmed off. And, and there and, have been so many revisions. So many goodness. revisions. And and I, I they're good. They're good revisions because yeah. each one. They don't always feel good. It doesn't feel good, but, but, they, but they're for the best. And yeah. we have to be careful not to carry that forward into the, the next relationship. Because, again, this yeah. thing we do this thing as well, all of us, where you get hurt. 
um, and then you don't want to you don't want to fuck with nobody that looks like, smells like, you know, talks like, you know, this thing. And that's not fair because this is a net new relationship. This person had nothing to do with anything that happened to you, whatever years ago, yeah. or whatever months ago, whatever week. They had nothing to do with it. They're brand new, so it's not fair for you because you're now literally pulling the past forward and making this new person pay for yeah. your your problem. That's your that your issues with John Smith or Jane Doe. Right. That's your issue. Your issue, not with this new person. So why are you behaving this way? Well, because what they resist persists. And now maybe they've attracted someone that reminds them of that because they never healed that part. Yeah. They never healed that part to begin with. So now they're struggling with seeing it show up time and time again. And that's what lessons do. They show up until you learn them. Watch, rinse, repeat. Watch, rinse, repeat. I think the other thing, too, that we need to, to really focus on specific to kind of these gender wars that we have is um, understanding, I, I think the, the gender wars are a manifestation of a swinging pendulum, which is now in its extreme in the other direction, or now swinging to the other direction, and into um, the personal unbalanced um, dimension of our feminine and masculine energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know I have a underdeveloped, um, probably both of them, quite frankly, masculine and feminine dimension of me that I have to tighten up, you know what I mean? And in certain situations, one of those will become more animated Right. My masculine or my feminine will be more animated and it will be counterintuitive to my growth or our relationship. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I know for women when um, they're in a single parent home and there's no masculine parents, uh, a masculine presence, rather, um, the masculine part of that woman has to become animated. You know, now she's got to. And I'm I want to be uh, specific. I'm using these as general examples. But now she has to change her own tire. Now she has to take out her trash. Now she has to do these things that are generally reserved for masculine roles. Right. So, Which is not I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Not by at the all, way, not at all. I think it's more so when it comes up. Well, I don't need a man to do anything for me. Right. Because then when you do get into a relationship with a man, you have to then define the interaction that you're going to have with that man. Right. And it's fine if you're like, I change the tires, I do whatever, and, you know. That's cool. But then to say, I don't need you for that, what, what, define what you do need him for. Right. What is, what do you need in your life? Or, or want him for. What do you want him for? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, it's perfectly okay to, to be able to do things, you know, that are not traditionally reserved for your gender because I, I think that's a problem right there it is, it is. assigning you know jobs or roles based on gender um there are obviously certain things that only a woman mm-hmm. you know who was born a woman can do like give right. birth right. you know <laughs> right. um and in many cultures there are certain things that men do with a child at a certain point and there are certain things that only women can do mm-hmm. at a certain point um, so I'm not really even speaking to any of that. I'm talking more so to the things that you've had to develop because there wasn't mm-hmm. um, a masculine presence and you didn't know how to balance that. Right. So checking in with self, understanding what that looks like. Right. Um, there are a lot of books that we've read yeah. that actually talk about um, the psychology of you know, men, men and women. women. Yeah. And um, this kind of highlights and brings into you know your your consciousness some of the areas that need that development and some of the aspects I like when you said that there are three dimensions three yeah, dimensions, dimensions of a human yeah of a, uh, you know as a woman being a, a, a mother a woman a mother and a wife if that's even your thing because you right. might not be any of those things and that's fine well, you're the fault, at least a woman that yes <laughs> right 
But I don't know. I don't, in today's society, yeah, yeah, it's just is, a lot of... What is your proper of, pronoun? What yes, do you want to be called? there's a right? lot of <laughs> fluidity, sure. I'll just say that. Generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Yes. But these uh, understanding these aspects of self Mm. can then help you in relating to the rest of the world around you or at minimum help you become the best best version of self right and so um one of my favorite books is uh women who run with the wolves Mm -hmm. studying the wild woman archetype um but then on the flip side of that is the king warrior magician lover book um both of those books really go into uncovering um, and unearthing the deepest aspects of being who we are as women or and as men. men. And it's so deep. I mean, in particular, there are texts and resources I know for men. And again, this is, this is I think, a bigger highlight is, again, the communication between the genders. Because we, we, we we're so mired in our own pain that we can't even understand where they're coming from. Right? Your, your pain is blocking you from even hearing yeah. what the opposite gender is talking about. So there's a reason why men... Um, need women, why men revere women or should revere women. Um, Listen, the first voice, the first sound that every human hears, in particular to men, is a woman. It's a woman's voice. It's a woman's heartbeat, right? It's, It's his mother. So, of course, he wants to get back inside of a woman. Of course, he is empowered when he can be inside of a woman. Um, there's this healing power that comes from women. This is why men, we like to be touched. We like just to be pet. We like the massages. We like the, the voice. We like to be talked. We like the softness. That That is an innate, like, mammalian, carnal I'm a human on this planet, and this is like this is the style. I had ten months to bond exclusively with a woman, so it makes perfect sense that's the, that the burden, or it may feel like the burden of of uh, a man's need, comes down to a woman. That's a huge um, that's a huge topic, but I know just on a man's side, again, in particular to some text that we're going to talk about here in a second, this is it will give some insight into the psychology, and this is not to promote. A right or wrong. This no. is not to highlight, um, you know, some contrast between, you know, men do it better. Now, all I'm saying is that there's a level of understanding that that both genders are completely missing. And, and this quite is what we frankly, don't after you, you know, after a woman reads uh, "Women Who Run with the Wolves," man should read that. You know, agreed, agreed. And the same for the King Warrior Magician Lover mm-hmm. to understand, to understand, you know, um, how. Men think. I mean, those movies, what men want and what women want, I mean, they're so popular because it is like a whole nother world right. that you're typically not privy to, right. you know? Right. And if you can further or, understand that. Or you, you're that, privy to it, but we get so arrested at what we're offended by. You know what I mean? We get so we get so paused and suspended at, well, it just offends me. You know what I mean? Again, yeah. we ask for, you know, I always use this example, you know. Um, again, generally speaking, women want men to be truthful and honest. Well, if a man said, hey, you know, listen, I think you're beautiful. Um, can I buy you drinks so we can have sex this evening? That's an epic fail. That's an epic fail. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe he just did that. I'm sorry. I thought you just said you wanted honesty. So should I have just made believe and just carried on and just act like I was all these? Yeah, you know? I mean, in, instead of being offended, just say, "Oh, thank you, I appreciate your honesty. I'm not yeah, interested nah, in not that." Or 
Be honest. Yeah, be like, actually. Be like, I'll take a martini and do you have condoms? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. I mm-hmm. think, you know, we do tend to bring our emotions to the table first. Yeah. They show up before we do. Yeah. And we get upset. We don't hear any, we, we don't hear, hear anything. Yeah. You know, we don't hear anything in relationships that you're st- you're still currently in. You ain't hearing shit, and in the ones you haven't started yet, you ain't hearing, you're you not pre- hearing you're pre- anything. Not hearing shit, yeah. So, um, but a lot of that starts. You can't hear anything unless you're doing the you doing know work. the work. So, whew. the biggest I, I think the biggest thing is um, I've come to understand that the the biggest blocker for any of us being able to move forward is our pain. It's yeah. just, a, it's our fucking pain, man. And if you think about it, let's think about it literally, right? When you are up in the morning and you are trying to round the side of your bed and you bust your toe on the leg of the bed. That corner. Everything you're thinking, it gets like, I don't, you can't hear shit. You don't want to talk. Are you okay? Don't talk to me. Give That's me a second. <laughs> he always needs a second. I'm like, don't ask me no questions. Can't you see? I'm, I've learned I'm, to shut up. I'm immobilized Not right even now. ask. Are you Okay. <laughs> Don't even ask because that's rude. Just, He's in pain that's right, right now. I just busted my shit. How dare you talk to me? Um, but that's just an example. Like when you're in pain, you can't you can't process. The cognitive uh, ability to reason is like is is suspended until the carnal side of pain and your body being able to get rid of that pain is is uh, relieved. And go, go ahead. I was just gonna say with that mm-hmm. though, it's very interesting. You said first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. you bust your shit first thing in the morning. Usually, it's a ripple effect, and the rest of your day is shitty. Whole so not is only did your, did your foot hurt, and now it doesn't hurt anymore, but you still pissed off about it. You're still moving. That energy still carries you carry forward. Carry it forward, and yeah. so we do this in relationships. And so, you know, the, for me, it's like we don't communicate, we don't, um, we don't talk because we're we're so much in our pain, and because we're. Are, we are carrying our pain, and we have all these bags. You got the backpack, you got the satchel, you got the fanny pack, you got the, you got the storage unit. All that, sh- all that shit is full of pain, and you're paying on it every single month. You pay a thousand dollars a month in pain, and it costs you. you. Have to work hard to sustain keeping that pain. We don't cry, we don't talk, we don't kick, cry, scream. We don't do none of that. We just hold it in because of whatever we've come yeah. to do. Because that's our coping mechanism. It's because yeah. our, our teachings insert whatever here. We are carrying that forward and it is literally destroying first, first of all, yourself and certainly destroying any potentiality for your relationship to be better. And so I challenge you because we're getting to the end of this episode, but I challenge all of you to if you're in a relationship with someone platonic or romantic and there's some disdain, start next time friction presents itself in a relationship. Start with, um, hey, I know we're not having a good time in our relationship right now. I know there's some friction in our relationship. Um, here's how I've contributed to that. Here's what I think I've done to bring us to this point that's unfavorable. Like, start there. Like, start owning your shit first. I think that is that disarms, right, the instant defense mechanism whereby people want to either, you know, say you did this and blame other people or not be accountable. It's just, it just you kind of you own that. Just come to the table carrying your own shit. Like, yeah. try that. I think you will get. Good I'm product. still learning that lesson, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm still learning that because I didn't use my voice for a long time, I'm still learning to be assertive Yeah. in a sense um, when I'm having difficult conversations. Yeah, when you and I are. Um, I will often kind of feel, um, it's not even, like sometimes I don't even want to burden the person with the thing that is bothering me, mm. you know? And so it's- Because you perceive it as a burden. 
I perceive, yes, I perceive the what I have to bring to the table, what I need to discuss or what I'm feeling as, you know, a burden. Right. And I can, I'm a big girl. I can handle it, right. you know. But no, like yeah. <laughs> I need to show up um, and really kind of just put the things out there that I could do better, you right. know. But usually it's me starting with, okay, I just got to say this because I've not said it. And I'm, you know, right. and so you, you, again, you wear your wound. And and that's okay. I mean, again, and, and let's be specific, right, with you and I, mm-hmm. when you lead with that, then I have to put myself in remembering that, first of all, we're having this conversation, not because um, you're being antagonistic or because of anything else. Mm-hmm. I know this is wrapped inside of love. That's the first thing I yeah. always remember. So I don't ever, I'm not, I may be You're hurt. You're assuming I may be, the best. Yeah, I'm not, I may, it may hurt me. Don't get me wrong. Maybe like whatever about it. But I also know she's not sitting here trying to purposely poke and hurt me. So that's the first thing I remember. And secondly, I have to remember and be patient with the fact that there's two parts of this. There's, or three parts. There's your part. There's my part. And there's, oh, by the way, there's a new way I can even say the part. Mm-hmm. Right? That part is all brand new. Yeah. Right? I didn't even know I could do that. Yeah. So now you're just babbling about every damn thing. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what you be saying. Sometimes I don't even <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Because I'm just trying to be so clear mm-hmm. and get my thoughts out. Because one thing that I would struggle with a lot is being able to recall. When, when I feel mm. an intense emotion yeah. of some sort. It's not my brain isn't clear. Yeah. I like I lose the thing that I'm trying to say and then I'm just babbling and it doesn't make sense. And I don't even know how I feel because I haven't processed it. That's why I'm like, I got to give myself at least 10 minutes to sit down and think about what the hell I'm actually mad about. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things, you know, so that I can be clear. And then, yeah. oh, by the way, I met with your energy. Right. And then I'm like. Wait, and I know I'm intense because I'll be rabbit. You are very intense, but you also think that I'm not even like even a little bit intense. You're not. You don't be moving. So you're like, you're nonchalant. And I'm like, it's not nonchalant. I'm just. you stuck. I'm, no, I'm just processing. Mm. I'm processing. Is that what that look mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the processing. Let me see look. what I'm going to do with that. Let me yeah. see how I feel about that. Let me see, you know. And so for, for Ashley and I, it's just been, um, you know, 10 years of kind of perfecting that. That back and forth, learning each other's communication style and um, yeah. keeping that in context to how we move forward. So, again, it doesn't mean like any conversation is any less impactful, but getting to the better side of reconciliation is becoming a bit easier. Yeah. Right. Um, when we first started, it was a long way around the bond every time. We'd have to circle the same point like 50 times because I'm intense. I'm rapid fire. I'm like, yo, so then why do you feel this way? So then why'd you say that then? So then or I'm it like, would be an email or a text or a phone call. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to talk about this thing again. And I'm like. Because I need clarity because it wasn't clear. Yes. For me. And, and, and again, it goes back to your tone. It goes back to oh, yeah. word choice. I mean, it goes back to all these things that that if not done correctly, they will reflect your bullshit mm-hmm. and how you communicate. And like, you're not going to hear anything. Like you literally, you literally can't hear anything because everyone's stuck at these other parts that aren't even the actual thing that is um, problematic. Yeah. So. Um, we can talk. Yeah, we can talk about this. So about I, this. listen, a couple of things. We're going to give you guys the book list as we always do. But um, as it comes to genders, Let's do a couple of things. Um, one, let's see if we can reduce the overgeneralizations, right, in terms of what women do or what men do. Um, there may be some symmetry between that. But, guys, the symmetry that you're extracting reflects the bias you have in the context of your pain. I want to say that again. <laughs> it's all about how you're perceiving your pain, right? You're, you, if you already have an implicit bias toward pain, of course, everything you see that looks like something is going to be 
something that reminds you of pain. Yeah. And quite frankly, that's bullshit. That's the easy way out. It's kind of it's kind of whack, right? It's lame. So we have to do our best to own our part as to why we're in any relationship. There are some relationships where, yes, it was one person that um, did something um, that, you know, made move the relationship to a part where it has to dissolve. But even then, um, the relationship takes, you know, two or more people, <laughs> depending on the relationship type. It takes two, it takes a party, right? So always keep that in mind. You have a part. You're not uh, party. The party. What I say? Party. A pot, oh, sorry. <laughs> potty. Not the potty. That, not the potty. Not the potty, but the potty. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Put your cockies sure in your cockies. <laughs> party. It, it takes everybody it involved. It takes everybody. It takes everybody. So just, and then own your shit. Like, own your shit. The next conversation you have with someone that's got a bit of friction in it, come to it first with, my recommendation would be come to it with, hey, I know we just had a, you know, whatever conversation. Here's why, here's my part as to why we got here. Like, just lead with that first. Instead of leading with, well, you made me mad because of this, or if you hadn't done that, we wouldn't be here. Like, Or you can discuss how you feel about the event. Right. And, and state that. Say, listen, yeah. I don't, this may not reflect the reality, but this is how I felt because of what happened. Yes. Because I think that helps too, because sometimes you might not really be aware of what you contributed to, mm -hmm. but you do, you are aware of how you feel about it. Yeah. But once you state, I felt this way when X, Y, and Z happened, the other person then has the ability to share maybe why yeah. they even started like, with damn, that. Damn, I didn't even it. mean it that way, or that's not actually what I was trying to do or what have you. Yes. That's right. And there's a difference between ladies and gentlemen. There is a difference between how you feel and the facts, right? So we do this thing where... And remember, the majority of what you feel is informed by your previous pain that you've not reconciled. So you feel some kind of way and now you're making how you feel um, create facts or, or, you know, again, inform facts. And that is not accurate. And that is not fair to whomever you're engaging yeah. with, spouse, partner, business partner, whatever. They do that a lot in the comments. <laughs> in a way. In the comments. On oh, in the comments. Yeah, absolutely. People leave. Projection. With, yes. Whatever they're feeling about whatever we're talking about or whatever they've experienced, they now project onto you or me. And it's their me. fact. I, I know this. I know that you. I, blah, know, blah, I know Ashley not even happy. Oh, oh OK. Really? <laughs> and it's just it's comical, mm -hmm. but it's sad at the same time yeah. you know and it's because like that's not unique to just them commenting on our post that is a mantra and an agreement they've made that's how, how and how, that's how they move through their lives yeah. and unfortunately you can only heal the planet when you heal yourself so yeah. we just need more people that are are healing themselves doing this work mm -hmm. um reading these books reading these books <laughs> so um we're missing one book the one of the good ones this one is this is good for men it's called the prince and other writings i think it's good for everybody but yes for men it is it is uh, yes by the way because i think and you made a good point earlier that you know actually even the um the sacred woman book is good for men to read because the more insight you have into the feminine essence and yeah. and how women are thinking and feeling um it'll inform you as to be how to be a um have more value around the feminine presence and yeah. as men and bolster um and embolden your own feminine essence so anyway the prince and other writings by niccolo machiavelli great book um it's great very can i just read this quote on the back real yes, quick? Yes. it says is it better to be loved than feared or feared than loved it may be answered that one wish to be both but because it is difficult to unite them in one person it's much safer to be feared than loved and i think that is an interesting mm -hmm. um kind of process that a lot of people when they're interacting with other people 
this is what they le- they're leading with. That's right. You know? and, and I want to keep in mind, um, love is an is an energy. Love is an agnostic energy. It doesn't give any shit about your age or your color, or your your demography or your in, your income. As that doesn't care. It is an energy. Fear is an energy. They're actually on the same um, wavelength, but on different sides of the spectrum. If you are in a state of fear, it is impossible to be in a state of love. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's temporal, you can be scared of something for five minutes and then love it five minutes after. But at that during that five minutes, it's one or the other. It's very binary. So if you are leading your life in fear if you are scared of something if you are worried about something or if you don't understand because a lot of people the their fear is because they don't understand something so it's not even that they um you know are scared of it It, it's almost like it's just like with hate it's a default it's the default i don't understand this i don't know what it is which is a form of fear i'm i'm not gonna you know, but you can't lead with love if you're Impossible. if you're there. If, yeah. if you are scared of it, you unher- you inherently have um, feelings that are n- less than uh, favorable to reconciling it. Yeah, I've seen this book. You guys have seen this book. We brought up several times through a few um, episodes. It is it has been a huge key to even how we've been able to um, be better to to each other and hopefully our future wives. Um, the spirit of intimacy in ancient uh, African teachings in the way of relationships by Sumbufu. Sumbufu Some. Yes, thank you for that. Great book. Uh, very short read, easy read, um, very light and good um, to take in. Um, As a Man Thinketh, James Allen. Yeah, great book. Extremely short read. Um, uh, this guy has a very um, unique perspective on men. He's broken it down into um, a couple of different um, like readlets around circumstances, um, how a man is to how essentially how you perceive what's happening is how um, you're going to behave in it. So if you see it as they coming at me, everybody's after you, then you're going to literally act always in the the mantra of defense, which yeah. again is is not going to be helpful for being able to move forward. Yeah, this one was actually sent um, to us by Dr. Akula Gray. Big shout out to Dr. Akula Gray. Thank, Thank you. you so much for that book. Holistic sexuality. Um, I think everyone should read this and have an understanding of that because mm-hmm. one of the ways that we relate in relationships. It's through sex. It's through sex. And if we're having yeah. toxic sex, then guess what? That's You're carrying that forward yeah. and passing that forward, conceiving. Children. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> so great read. And just one more thing on the sex part, guys. Um, there's a there's a good barometer for if you're having challenges in your relationship. Um, sex is, is, is a gateway. Um, during sex, sex is not an act. It's a it's a uh, destination. It's a journey, right? Um, when it's expressed in its highest form. In the same way, though, if you're having dysfunction in your relationship, it'll literally come out in sex. You will feel it in sex. You will feel less fulfilled. There'll be a complaint. There'll be this awkward energy during sex. Like, and we've all had that. If you're sexually active, it's been this kind of weird thing, um, and you can't really put your finger on it. You'd be like, oh, well, maybe they just don't know how to maneuver this body. They don't understand how to work all this man candy, right? That's what you think it is. <laughs> but it's actually. <laughs> See how he laughed at his a, own. A joke. lot of us think that, okay, uh, but now nah, there's actually some other underdeveloped things there that need to be, um, um, you know, addressed. And so again, holistic sexuality and how you're maneuvering through the um, act and journey of making love is very key. Again, um, a lot of us, specifically guys, sex is a thing. It's like I'm horny. I need to. I need to have sex, and it's an act. It's a thing. It's a just a mechanism. Very it's, mechanical. For me, it's very spiritual too. So yeah. you know, it's it's understanding the power yeah. that comes 
through sex yeah um and also um the power that's left behind yeah you know after sex completely underestimated i know i underestimated the power of sex because again that's not something i was taught i'm just like again when you get horny you just go do it to whoever is available to you um i didn't understand it took me the longest time to understand the power of sex and why it's so important to again um be careful who and what you choose and um in particular to men um holding on to your your power again your semen your sperm um that is your power so every time you release that you're releasing your power um so same with the orgasm for for men and women yeah yeah it's that is your creative seat that is what you can when you can manifest so we can spend a whole another yeah episode on that episode on that and then um women who run with the wolves Myths and stories of the wild woman archetype. This is a very deep, intense read, but extremely moving um, and unearthing the depths of mm-hmm. who we are as women. And um, its counterpart, or you know, one for men, would be uh, the king, magician, yeah. um, king, warrior, magician, lover. Yeah. And we're gonna put all of these books yeah. up. Um, you know, in the in the, in the list, in in the the list so that you can have them um, and refer to them as necessary. But we heal ourselves, we heal the world, and the more that we can find balance in ourselves yeah. and understand each other, the more balance that we will have in our lives and the more balance that we will have. It takes work, though, guys. It's not No one can do it for you. You being with somebody is not going to help them. It's not how it works. Now, you can um, engage in healing with someone and they can help um, extract and highlight um, parts of you that are underdeveloped and you guys can work on that together, but no one can heal you. You have to do the work yourself. You have to be willing, you have to want to, and you have to own your shit. There's a dimension of your masculine masculine side or your feminine side that is over animated at this current state. We have to be able to balance those and put them in their their proper place. it will ebb and flow. There's always going to be times when your feminine side is more animated than your masculine. That's okay. There'll be environment, situations, circumstances in which that's required physically and esoterically. And you will know you and will know. you just show up in right. those spaces right. and don't try to overexert either side. Just let it flow. Yeah, let yeah. it flow. Is that the, what's that song on? Uh, like, let it flow? Oh, it's not snow. What's the song? I don't know what you're talking about. Baby there is a song, it. Let it flow. Nah, I thought it was the wintertime song let from flow, uh, Elsa. Let it flow, let it flow. That's yeah. Holly Braxton. Her album coming out in 2020, y'all. You were talking <laughs> about um, um, the cold never bother me anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the song? What's the cartoon? Uh, uh, let it go. Let it, let go, it go. Yeah, let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. I go. Can't hold it back. Any more. Any more. <laughs> And with that, we are hey, done with the, here, y'all. That's the it. podcast. Where can it. they find you? They can find me. Um, you guys can find me anywhere. Everything is Dimitri Snowden. That's on social and my website. Where can they find you? Ashley K. Snowden on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm on Facebook, too. So check me out. There it is. Thanks again, everyone. Again, please thank you for all your feedback and your comments. If you have any more suggestions or just general comments, slide in the Shift Gets Real DM and we will respond shortly and or just take note of your inquiry. And make sure you follow at Shift Gets Real, too, to be updated. Yeah, everything goes there. Right. Okay. Thank Peace. you so much, everyone. We'll see y'all soon. Cheers. Yeah.